Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. Welcome back to The Pew, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and here to the left of me, as always, is my co-host and cohort, Victor Adams. John, I'm I'm glad to be here today. Yeah. And to continue the streak of me being here. <laughs> I'm yeah. glad you continued it too. I, I miss right. you when you're not here, my friend. Well, thank you. I'm glad to <laughs> know that. Well, I am yeah. enjoying being in the holidays. I don't know about you. It's one of my favorite times of year. We've come through Christmas now. We're here, uh, you know, about to start the the new year. So mm-hmm. we're in that time between Christmas and or between the day of Christmas. I mean, right. we're still celebrating Christmas, uh, obviously, in the tradition that we have. But I love this time of year because you, you've gone through these great experiences. It's, it's another uh, year to celebrate the birth of Christ. And then we turn our eyes forward to the next year and look at that. So we're going to talk about some of that today. Um, but as usual, I want to I mention to guys again about the retreat. You know, we've got this men's retreat coming up February the 4th through the 6th here in Memphis. It is our first retreat that we're doing at a retreat center like this. Um, many of you have asked us to do this for so long, so we have taken the time to, to, to put the material together, to invite people to join us like Deacon Jeff and Father Gio and Father Martell um, and a bunch of other people that, that you hear us talking about on the show all the time. We're going to have this wonderful weekend that starts around 3 o'clock on that Friday where we're just coming together, one, to, to kind of clear the palate, if you will, to, to discuss some of our, uh, the sins and the habitual uh, sins that are plaguing us get those out in the open, offer them to God through confession and start that weekend outright. Um, we're going to have plenty of time for adoration. We're going to have mass every day. We're going to have a healing holy hour, which I guarantee you is like nothing you've ever been to before. Uh, I'm going to give several talks throughout the weekend. Deacon Jeff's going to give a talk. Um, Father Gio's going to speak on some things. And as I said, we're going to have mass. And But that's not it. Like That's the spiritual part. That's the you know part of the amazing part of this. But what a lot of guys have been looking for is just, I want a weekend to get away and be with other guys that are trying to walk the same way I'm trying to walk, that are listening to the podcast, that are doing the narrow road, that can, will enjoy being together. Right. And as you know, Victor, is what we do with what we do in our men's group, it's not all about formation. It's not all about worship. It's not all about service. It's also about fellowship. And there's going to be plenty of time this weekend. You're going to have you know opportunities to to uh, have a cocktail hour with guys. You're going to have a bonfire and there's time for cigars. We're going to have some stuff like cornhole and all these other things out there to do in between, you know, when we're doing this. One thing I don't like about retreats sometimes is when I'm sitting there for 10 hours a day listening to talk after talk after talk after talk. And about five of them, your mind's fried and you're you're trying not to go to sleep. And I've just had that experience at a lot of different retreat things right. like that. Well, there's so much information that you know you can only grab on the a few items of interest uh, because sure. by then your hand cramps up all right on the <laughs> notes right. so we'll, we'll do our best not to overload you guys that's right yeah. so it'll be a good time with with plenty of a fellowship time to serve too we're going to be doing things that help each other in there through some of the group chats you know one of the things that's been great in our men's group is we don't only just digest the material we sit down and talk about it mm-hmm. and how it applies to our life and we share very vulnerably and openly and authentically and so we're going to have that built into the weekend too so it's going to be a great time you can sign up for it at just a guy in the pew 
slash restored-retreat. And, and don't they have the Stations of the Cross there? Yeah, they have that. Yeah, it's a 130-acre place. Is it life-size Stations of the Cross? Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's or, not life-size. I mean, they've got oh. you know carvings out there on this trail in the woods. Okay, well, sorry. But, I'll, I'll take that back. But uh, sorry, Victor's blowing up your expectations <laughs> right. here. But, but uh, there is no life-size Jesus walking yeah, around the woods right. or anything. Yeah, but, that's but, right. Uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, but we are, you know, we're you're right. There's a, a beautiful uh, pop, excuse me, property to go yeah. around, 130 acres. You've got rooms that are kind of like going into Hampton Inn. There's a bed and, you know, your own private bathroom and all those things. You have all your meals taken care of that weekend. Wonderful food out there and a big cafeteria kind of eating space to enjoy. So, guys, don't miss this opportunity. You asked for it. We put it together. And there's only 22 spots. And I think there's less than that left. In fact, I know there is. I think there's like 15. So, these are going to sell out before we get through January. So, if you want to come, do it now. If you sign up now, it's $350. If it, after January the 1st, it goes up to 400 So go ahead and sign up today. You can do that at justagownthepew.com slash restored-retreat. If you have trouble with that, just go to justagownthepew.com and go to the Book Me page, and you'll find it there. I also want to invite people, again, if you're looking for a parish mission or you're looking for uh, a way to, to start a men's group in your parish, we are loving doing that right now. We've had some great success going out into parishes and helping Groups get started for men. Victor, you know, you know as well as I do, when men start rising up and living the faith, it changes not only their families, but the parish and the community around it. So, guys, that's what we feel called to do, is to go and give three nights parish missions all about restoring identity, all about um, coming to know Jesus in a more profound way, in a real personal relationship. And then while we're there on site, we train the men that, are, that will lead these groups. And we make it easy for pastors and for deacons and for anybody that's in charge of getting this going in a parish. We have implementation guides. And, and we really take the onus off of you. And we find people in your parish that you help us find. And then we teach them how to lead this. So it's not just another thing a pastor has to do or a deacon has to do. It really can be lay-led. And they can be trained in a way that you know is going to be beneficial and help these men grow in their faith and be a place where guys can leave the mask at the door and authentically be themselves, right? That's what most guys look for is a place in my life where I can be myself. If you're a guy out here that's looking for that, you're tired of not being able to be yourself at work or in your different friends groups or at church or anything, and you're looking for that place where you can let your guard down, be yourself, be accepted by brothers, and become the man God wants you to be, that's what we're in the business of doing is helping people do that. So if that's what you're looking for, ask your parish. Like, Go to your DRE. Go to your pastor. Talk about this. Send them to the website and help us get booked in these parishes so that we can go and start things that will last. Groups of men that will come together and change their parishes and start to change the church. That's what our mission is and what we're trying to do. So you can figure out how to do that. You can send in the, your request to book me to do that at justagownthepew.com and go to the events book me page. You'll see that at the bottom. Send that in. Amy or myself will respond to you, and then we'll get that going. We've already got almost the first quarter of the year booked up completely. So if you're thinking about doing this and you want to do it during Lent or in the first part of the year, you need to jump on it now because we are booking all those, and we've booked into the second quarter now too. So, But we'd love to come out and help. It's what we love to do and what we feel God is calling us to do. One last thing before we get started. Also, guys, if you're interested in Narrow Road, it is still 50% off for your first month. You can find that by going to justaguyonthepew.com and going to join the community. You'll join there and you get access to the Narrow Road that'll come to your, your um, house every day to your front door um, at the first of the month. Not every day, but at the first of the month. 
You can go and start walking towards virtue, studying a virtue each and every month, reading the scriptures, uh, learning the prayers that help you with that virtue, and then keeping yourself accountable with the Opportunities for Grace chart where you're doing things in your life maybe you hadn't done before. So guys, this is helping hundreds of guys around the country. It's the resources we use in these Paris groups. So if you're interested in starting that journey, you can start it today. Whether you it takes a while to get your peers to invite us in or whatever, you could start the individual journey by going to justagotonthepew.com and clicking on that community and joining the narrow road. So there's plenty of other things in there too, all the extra episodes, the videos that go along with it. There's plenty there, so go check that out. So Victor, we talked here uh, in the beginning of the show about just a little bit about the, the coming year. Right. right. And so today, as I was reading the um, the reading, there was Mary's fiat. Right. We were she gave her fiat, the part where we all know where the angel Gabriel shows up and tells her basically that she's going to be the mother of the son of God. Right. For non-Catholics, that means yes. Yes. That's yeah. what it right. means. As I was going to get to that. Right, right. So the fiat in Latin means um, to give your yes, basically, mm-hmm. is, is to give your intent. So. That is what she did in that moment, right? She says to Gabriel, like, let it be done to me according to thy word. And so she surrenders right there fully. And and it's just so impactful every time I read that and, and go back to that this time of year because you look at the situation and it wasn't like she was an adult woman, you know, like 35-year-old no, woman. 14, 15. I mean, right. I guess yeah. suspecting that's probably what her age was. Yeah, yeah. she's a teenage young right. girl who is who is betrothed to be married, right? And then all of a sudden an angel shows up and says, one, you're going to have a baby without laying with a man, mm-hmm. right? Without being with a husband. And this baby's not just going to be any baby. It's going to be the son of God. And that you're going to be basically revered the rest of your life and, right. and full of grace and all of these things, right? So we're not just talking about like somebody in their middle age, you know, that, that says, okay, I'm matured a little bit more and, and this is easier for me to handle maybe, but a young teenager. And, Yet in that moment, she gives her entire yes to the Lord, and she gives it for the rest of her life. And so when I was thinking about that, and I started thinking about where we are here in this week between Christmas and and, and New Year's, and, and this, as we all tend to do in this part of our life, or this part of the year, is to start looking towards, you know, back at where, where was I successful in my year, you know, maybe financially or with my family or in, in other goals I had in my life. And where, what, am, what are my goals for the next year? One of the goals we should be looking at is, have I really given my full fiat to the Lord? Like, what did 2021 look like? It was a crazy year. You know, COVID and the pandemic and all that stuff we're still going through, yes. But in the midst of all of that, have I fully given Christ my yes? Have I given God the Father my yes the way that Mary did? And what is my fiat, my fiat, my individual fiat looked like? And Victor, I mean, to talk about that, we have to start with, have I even given my fiat? Have I even given the Lord my yes? Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, we can assume that everybody that listen, that's listening has, but they may not have, right? I mean, we were all baptized when we were little, but that's usually because we were babies. And if you're a cradle Catholic, you were, it was just, you know, you were just baptized. But at some point in your life, at your confirmation, or at some point later in your life, God comes into your life and you have to give him your yes. And what does that look like? I mean, is it... You know, part of being a, a good disciple is discerning questions like this. You know, questions like, has my fiat been my full yes? Has it truly been a yes? Or has it just been lip service? You know, am I really living my faith or am I phoning it in really is what you're asking there. You know, am I checking boxes or am I really impacting those around me for Christ? And as we look back over this past year, I think we, we need to be honest about ourselves. 
like, am, am I a card-carrying Catholic just, just as I'm a Catholic because I was born that way and, right. and I go to church every once in a while and all that? Or are we truly out there living our faith for God, right, and living in the way that Jesus has called us to, impacting the lives of others, bettering this world, changing hearts and bringing them to the Father? Like, is that what we're doing? Or is our is, or yes just mean, well, I'm Catholic. You know, I, I put that on a form whenever I'm asked about if I, you know, what religion I am. Is that the extent of our faith? Or is it really out there living this faith and accepting the call that God's put on our life and giving our emphatic yes, not only in our words, but in our actions? Kind of what you're talking about is kind of like getting the uh, personal inventory of what our faith means to us. And, and you kind of hit the nail on, on many different levels of, of kind of the, the, the stages of where we are, like in our lives, where are we doing it because, well, it's what my family expects me to do. I do it because I want my kids to know the faith, or I do because the influential people in the town go to the same church. You know, why are we doing this? Why are we going to Mass? Why are we going to church? Why are we sitting and listening to the homily? Are we connecting to what the priest or the minister is saying? And, and am I receiving the Eucharist in the sense of what it truly is? You know, and so those are the, the, the dots we have to make sure we connect every day and not just blindly go through as, as if it's a normal day. Because when you do that, you miss a lot of what the Holy Spirit is trying to reveal himself to you. And, and the danger of, of not being participating in your faith is that one day, um, you know, there could be the last second of your day. You have no idea when you're called to be present before the Creator, right? Sure. And, and then you have to look back and say, what did I do proficiently good on this earth? Well, yes, I did some things to probably help people out, but did I do it out of like um, to be seen as a good person? or I did it out of perfect love. Sure. And we have to make sure that that's what faith is all about, is trying to attain perfect love in everything we do, not just for other people, but for God as well. Well, we have to understand what we're saying yes to, mm-hmm. right? I mean, this isn't this isn't a game, right? This isn't where we get to just mill around about hoping we're doing the right thing. No, it's about actually putting in the time and building the habits and growing in the faith and in my practices so that I'm doing what the Lord is calling me to do and he becomes the center of my life. And I think Mary, even as an, I mean, I don't think, I mean, it's obvious, right. even as a young girl, she she may not have realized what all was being asked for, but she understood that like when I'm giving this yes, this is a lifetime yes. This isn't just a here in the moment, I might change my mind or I might wishy-wash. Right. Or, like I'm giving a tremendous responsibility right now and she knew that the I'm dan- have. Right, and she knew the dangers, but she said, I'm going with what I need to do. Right, yeah. right. And so that's what we have to be like. Like Mary, I, I guarantee you, she knew that it wasn't going to be easy. Right. I mean, look at it from the get-go. Like, okay, I'm going to be pregnant. I'm not even married yet. Right? Like, yeah. First of all, right off the gun, like that's that's not easy. Right. And the punishment right? within the Jewish culture is stoning or, or banishment. Sure. Right. I mean, that's what why it says that Joseph didn't Joseph didn't want to um, publicly public her, bring her yeah. to right. shame. Right. What that means is like all the consequences that would happen to mm-hmm. her. And so... Like, we have to realize, you know, has my faith become easy to live? Because when Mary gave her yes, it wasn't easy. And and here's the thing. If you feel like your faith is easy, I got news for you. You probably aren't living it right. And that's not to be ugly. That's not to be accusatory. What I mean is our faith, no one ever said that being a Christian is going to be easy. I mean, in fact, Jesus says again and again and again, you know, that, that following him is not going to be easy. He promised, in fact, that it wouldn't be easy. It's not easy to go against the culture and be different. It's not easy to learn to die to self and our selfish desires. 
You know, it's not easy to try to keep from giving in to temptation all the time. It's not easy to live a life of virtue instead of a life of vice when it's pulling at you from every direction in this world today. And it's not easy to truly put God at the center of your life. And if you're somebody out here that thinks like my Catholicism is a breeze, right? Like my relationship with God and, and doing what I'm doing, all these things are easy. Then again, you're probably not doing it right because it's freaking hard. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to tell you, like, every day I struggle to pray and to spend time with God. Every day I struggle between should I go to Mass or should I do something for else I need to do. I struggle between, you know, should I be reading the Bible or can I just watch Netflix this one time tonight? Like, it, I struggle with these things all the time. And, you know, if you're not, then then we're probably not doing it right. Because the Lord himself said this is hard, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. He himself in the garden let this cup pass from me, right? Like being a Christian, doing what God wants of us is hard, but it's also joyful. And that's why you see Mary like run to Elizabeth immediately. You know, when she finds out that Elizabeth's pregnant, she's pregnant. Well, she's happy for Elizabeth because she probably knew Elizabeth's struggle. Right. right. But yeah. she's jumping for joy right. with everything that's been asked of them, even with all the sufferings that were sure to come. Right. And that's the thing, like, like I'm saying, our faith isn't easy and it's never going to be. Right, we have desolation. We have times of loss. We have times of doubt where the devil's just beating on us, and we we start to wonder like, where is God in all of this, and and it, why is this so hard? And I've given my yes, and and the thing was, there was never a promise that it wouldn't be. You know, that, that part of the Catholic life is suffering, and it's an opportunity to tie that suffering to Christ and His suffering on the cross. But Mary, no matter what happened, like she 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 knew it wasn't going to be easy, but she kept that yes, no matter what. I mean, look at this. I mean, as we said in the beginning, becoming present, becoming pregnant as a teenager without being married, that's tough in itself, right? Mm-hmm. And the implications, as we mentioned a minute ago. Then accepting that you're going to be the mother of the Son of God. Like, how does your mind not completely explode with that? Right. right. Yeah. Somebody shows up, an angel, first of all, shows up and tells you, you're going to be a mom, not because you laid with a man, and oh, by the way, it's going to be the Son of God. Yeah. Like the Savior of the world is going to be your child. I'm sure that wasn't easy to hear and to fathom, right? Having to travel while nine months pregnant on the back of a donkey to go to a, sen- a census so that you don't get in trouble. In labor pains, too. Right, in yeah. labor pains, right. walking on a donkey on, yeah. on rough country, right, in rough countryside. You, having this baby in a stable because there's no room anywhere. So all of a sudden, not only did you have to take this long, arduous journey, but then you're going to have to give, give birth to your baby in a place where animals are residing and, and going to the bathroom and doing right. everything they do, right? And, and so here you are knowing that this is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, right? This is the Savior of the world. And how she must have felt like it should be better than this, right? Like it shouldn't just be in this way, right? In this cave, in this manger, in this stable, in this feeding trough is not where I should be delivering my baby. You know, immediately de- dealing with people that wanted to kill her son after birth, right? All of a sudden, the wise men show up and they talk about, oh, by the way, Herod's wanting to kill your kid. Right. You know, you need to get out of here. So then all of a sudden, instead of being able to go back to the home she knew and to start the life she probably had envisioned, oh, now we got to leave and go to Egypt. Right. They're immigrants in a foreign land. Right. Yeah, right. In a foreign land where we, we're leaving everything we know and we're comfortable with. And we're going to have to raise this child here, which is the Son of God again. What does that even mean? What's he going to be like? Right? What's it going to be like as he's a young boy? And then finding out through the, the Simeon prophecy, right, that, that her her very self, that her own heart 
was going to be basically run through, right? That she was going to be tortured. Like her soul was going to be pierced. Because she would see him being tortured. You know, he'd suffered on the cross. Right, yeah. which means that basically from that moment on, she may not have done, I don't know if she knew every detail of what yeah. was going to happen in Jesus' life, but she knew from what he, what he was saying in that prophecy that it was going to be a hard life mm-hmm. and that she was going to have to be there all the way through it. Then she loses her husband, right? I mean, we don't know when Joseph died, but he wasn't around yeah. You know, after, after he was 12 years old, got lost, and that was the last we know. Right. So yeah. then all of a sudden, sometimes she's raising a son by herself. And and not only a son, but the son of God again. Right. And so she's dealing with all of that. But then, as you said a second ago, she has to live with every bit of of the the torture, every bit of the pain, every bit of the, the denial, and, and, and people attacking him all the time. And the eventual crucifixion of her son has to sit there and watch her son slowly die on this cross for you and me. Her faith wasn't easy, but never once in that time period of any of those events that I just rattled off, did Mary ever once go back and say that we know of at any time, I, I don't want to give a yes anymore, mm-hmm. right? Or, or you know, I just need a break, Lord. Right. Or, Can we revisit this uh, agreement? Yeah, right. right, never once. She gave her full yes, and mm-hmm. no matter what it cost her, no matter what it gave her, she always said yes. And so that's the thing we have to look back at is, is you know, through all of the good and the bad, Mary lived her, her yes and never went back on it. Her whole life was about putting God's will above her own. I mean, and, and John Paul II talks about this. I've got a couple quotes here from him. He says, or St. John Paul II, I should say, but he says, Mary's fiat expresses not only acceptance, but staunch assumption of the divine plan making it her own with the involvement of all her personal resources. Now, if you think about what that says, she not only said yes, like emphatically, but her assumption of the plan, like no longer is my plan important. Your plan is what is important. I'm following your lead. I'm giving everything in my life to whatever it is that you ask of me. That's what she was saying in that moment. And it says she gave all of her personal resources, right? It was the most important thing. And she dedicated everything she had her soul, her life, her energy, her strength. As Jesus says, like, you will love the God with all your soul, with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is what he's saying she did here Mm -hmm. from the get-go. From the moment she said yes, she never went back on that contract. He goes on to say, with her total obedience to God's will, Mary is ready to live all that divine love may plan for her life, even to the sword that will pierce her soul. This is the point of what we were making in the prophecy a minute ago. In the hardest point of her life, when she started to figure out what was going to happen to Christ, what was going to happen to her son, at the wedding of Cana, when she says, like, when he says, it's not my t- yet my yeah. time. He says, do whatever he tells you to do. Yeah, yeah, she basically says, it is your time, yeah. knowing that that was going to start the, the dominoes falling for everything else that was going to happen to her son. And she never went back on her faith. She didn't take that moment to go, you know, you're right, Jesus. You don't need to do that right now. They, they can drink water. They don't need wine. Right. No, she st- even though it must have hurt her to know this is the beginning of the end, thy will be done, right? Lord, whatever you ask, let it be done to me. And so that's what she's done. And she's such a great example of us in our lives as we move into this next year. This is what it's all about is giving our full yes to the Lord. And part of being a disciple is looking back and did I make the choices this past year that show that I'm fully giving my yes, right? Is God the most important thing in my life? Am I living my life that way? Am I simply a spectator in a pew on a weekend or a spectator at the events at my church? Or am I getting involved in my parish? Am I getting involved 
in, in the in the coming to, uh, of others to Christ, right? To, to bring them to Christ. Am I experiencing in, in figuring out my gifts so that I can figure out how to better go out and do the things I'm called to do? Again, for the goal of bringing people to Jesus. This is what Mary gave her yes for, and this is what we're to give our yes for, is all of it. So as we roll into 2022, there's not a better resolution and a better way to spend your time looking back and honestly asking yourself, like, have I done this? Where's the evidence of this? You know, not just telling ourselves in our head as we often can, oh, no, I did a good job. And then, you know, you can't really remember anything and you don't really dive into it. You just assume, I did okay. I went to church a bunch of Sundays. But what have I done that God has asked me to do to grow his kingdom? And to be honest about it. And don't beat yourself up about it, right? Well, dang, I didn't do what I thought I did. Look at all the opportunities ahead of you. How can I do it, right? Several men that we talked about earlier have started men's groups in parishes around the country. If that's on your heart, do that, right? Give your yes to God in that way. If, if your yes is, is getting involved in the parish or your school by, by coaching your kids and getting more involved in their life that way, give your yes that way. But whatever it is, give your entire yes. Make your whole life a resounding yes to the Lord, a resounding fiat. And then hold yourself to whatever you decide when you look back at these things and you see these opportunities in your life that you may have, then start to commit to them, right? Where do I see where I can fit in? where I can start to do this, where I can start to give my yes to the Lord. Because that's what it's about. It's not sitting back on our on our, on our laurels and, and expecting everyone else to do it, right? Somebody else will come along to change the world. Somebody else will make a difference. God has a unique plan for your life, right? In, in, this pl- in his plan, you are unique. There will never be another you, right? Before or after anything. There'll never be another you with your unique gifts, which means that you have a unique place and a unique part to play in God's plan of salvation. Mary had hers. She gave her yes immediately when God asked, and she never looked back. We have to give our yes so that there's not an empty piece in that plan, right? There's not a diversion of that plan. We have to give our full yes so that we are giving the the full chance for the Lord to be known in the hearts around us, right? And so that may seem like a bunch of pie in the sky, but it's not. There was a young teenage girl that might have thought in a moment, what can I possibly do? But she gave her yes anyway, and the and, and history was changed by it, right? And she she went on and not only even after even after Jesus was 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 you know died and resurrected, she still went on with the apostles, mm-hmm. still taking care of them, still helping them, still helping them to know their son, her son better. And that's what we're called to do is to come to know him and to continue to give our yes no matter what comes our way, no matter what pains, no matter what faults, no matter how many times we fall, no matter how hard it gets, right? We're always called to give the Lord our full yes the way that Mary did. So I hear that music, guys. As we roll into 2022, look back at this year in 2021, see where you can give the Lord your full yes, and make a commitment to do it this year. So let's take it to prayer in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, you've asked each and every one of us to give our hearts over to you. No one ever promised that that would be an easy thing to do. Help us to take a hard look at our lives to see where we've not given you our true fiat. And Father, whenever we need to see what it looks like to truly surrender to you, remind us that we don't have to look any further than our Blessed Mother. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com. 
or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com. <laughs>